boy, this is your Aunt Sandra. You are stealing this. And what are you doing at the airport this time of night? All right, I miss you. I love you. You're not the black sheep. I've been trying to reach you also. All right, good night. Be careful. Love you. Bye. All right, folks, welcome back to the podcast, One Man, One Tree in a Hill. I'm your host, Jared Waters. Uh, what you just heard was a voicemail from my dear Aunt Sandra. If you're like me, uh, don't do that. What I like to do is I like to call people in my family and leave voicemail saying that uh, they don't love me and I'm the black sheet of the family. <laughs> and wa- <laughs> and uh, watch them call me back and I'll just let them leave a voicemail. But that was my Aunt Sandra. I truly, truly love her. I got to call her back, but I, I knew she would leave a... <laughs> I knew she'd leave a voicemail. Uh, welcome back to this world. We're in week. We, we're freak. It is August. Ha- happy August. Happy August. We have made it to effing August. We are in, I don't know what day of the quarantine it is, but New York City, I think we're in phase four now. So, yeah, phase four is like when all the restaurants have to be at like 30 or 40 percent of capacity. So it's it's very tough because a lot of businesses are trying to like kick back up again. But they have, imagine if you don't have, if you have a restaurant, but you don't have a patio. So it's hard to like serve food. So now all these people are building patios throughout New York City. So it actually looks like the 1940s when you see all these pictures. But if you have a certain amount of people, you will lose your liquor license. So that's what they're doing, taking people's liquor license away. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can get back to where it is. But make sure people wear the mask. A special shout out to my dog, Prashad Fisford. Pitchford, excuse me, my dog, PC, just got married, just jumped the broom, him and his beautiful queen. And I love, I love seeing love. I'm going to read his post probably like him. I know his voice isn't as smooth as mine, but this is what he wrote about his wife. I did something that I never thought would happen today, and I couldn't have made it a better decision. Spending my life with my best friend is all anybody can ask for. And over the past three years, I've grown to love my best friend more and more every day. She's kind, understanding, gorgeous, victorious, loving, hopeful, and goal-minded. I couldn't have chosen a better person. I vow to take care of you, serenity, and London for as long as I'm able to. This is our family. This is our love. This is our day. I love you, boo. Come on, Prashan. Come on, PC. Boy, look at him. Let me. I didn't even like it yet. Hold on, let me like this thing. Comment. Come on now. PC, I feel you, big dog. F, that's what it's about. Shout out to him jumping into holy matrimony. I love it, man. I freaking love it. I freaking love it. Uh it's been a it's been a it's been a strange week. My week started off crazy. Uh Monday I got effed up. I got, when I say effed up, I'm talking about like emotionally. You know, I'm a I'm a dude exploring my thoughts. Effed up. My dear friend Wendy. I love my people that I went to high school with, but sometimes when they share memories, it just F me up. She shared a a memory of my friend's funeral and I was doing stand up there and I was like, man, it was funny, but now as you get older, like as you make these memories now, you're just like, F man, I miss my dog, man. But that F me up. But uh it, it got better after that. Uh I apologize. I read all these emails like you said you were dropping the One Tree Hill episode. <laughs> Freak, man. My bad. Uh and I know most of these most of the One Tree Hill fans follow the podcast for these episodes. But uh, you know, it's not about One Tree Hill. It's about being alone with your own thoughts. However, the reason why it was delayed, I had to submit this this packet. It's like a writer's packet. Like of like pilots for uh, this uh, Nickelodeon. I say it, Nickelodeon. 
And, uh, you know, I feel okay about it, you know, kind of went to the deadline. So like turning in like different shows and writing spec scripts and stuff like that. So I did that, uh, got some feedback. So I'm waiting to hear, like, I, I think you hear in September if they like it or they, they like your ideas, if your ideas are original, if stuff like that. So that's what my focus has been the whole week. And then uh, just stand up, man. It's been actually freaking great in the city, man. I think I said last week how just like the way you start stand up is how we're doing it now. So a lot of, a lot of comics are getting used to being outside because you can't be inside the, can't be inside like um, vicinities anymore. But it's cool now because a lot of we're out in parks now. It feels like Shakespeare in the park. So this week, my friend Dara Jomont, Dara, she did the shows at the Black Lives Matter mural at the mural. And, you know, when you get there, you don't know if it's going to be good because they're like, you know, he's going to, you know, it's going to be good. It's happy to be out the house. But I didn't expect it to be that great, you know. Like I expected to just have a regular show. But this one, packed out, just beautiful people just sitting on the street. They had their lawn chairs. You could sit on the sidewalk. You could sit, like, literally on the mural. And uh, she goes, uh, I want everyone to keep it clean and don't curse on stage. And clearly I don't curse as a comic at all. But, uh... <laughs> Everyone else probably didn't get the memo, and they were just straight cussing, cussing the storm. But it was a, a really dope show. That was a show that I did, I think it was Wednesday, then Tuesday, Monday. Oh, freak, this show was amazing. My friend Ishmael Gaynor does a show in Monday deep in the Bronx by, like, these are, like, this is, like, the Trump Bronx. Because, like, as we're driving over the bridge, we see FNI, uh, Trump's golf course. So these are, like, rich, these are, like, rich <laughs> It's like rich people, but at the same time, they're down to have fun. So, like, the the owner tells Ishmael before, nothing political at all. Nothing political, because she knows her audience. Most of all, her servers are just, or her, I don't, how do you say, servers? Clients, there it is. Most of her clients are all Trump supporters. But, you know, when you're from the South, you're doing stand-up shows in front of Trump supporters all the time. It's nothing to me. And then <laughs> this comic shows up with a Black Lives Matter shirt. And he's like, whoo, and I was like, F it, man, let's freaking do it. Uh, so the show was good. Uh, my friend Stefan, he did really well. So we do that show, and it was crazy because it's an Italian place. And after you finish the show, she's all like, she gives us this big, giant pan of pasta, these giant pans of, like, chicken wings. Oh, eat, eat, keep eating, keep eating. One thing I know about Italian people, like, you got to eat. Like, it's so disrespectful when you don't eat. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm eating. No, 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 keep eating, keep eating. I was like, yes, ma'am, okay, yes, yes, I will eat. Thank you. And then the following night, I go to this barbershop show. Like, these these shows are getting crazy. So I'm in the back of a barbershop. I didn't even know this. So I guess a barbershop, we walk through a barbershop, and then the back of it is like a patio, and they've set it into a comedy show. So it's just dope seeing how creative people are. Uh, comedy show is good. The only problem was when people serve, like, alcohol, since I don't drink, I drink a lot of juice and a lot of, like, the chasers, and people do not like that all. <laughs> the guys like, dude, what are you, why are you drinking all this juice, man? Like, freak, we got to serve alcohol with it. I was like, oh, freak, I just, thought, I just thought you had orange juice out here. No, this is for mimosa. I was like, oh, freak. I was like, can I have a mimosa, just, just the orange juice, no mimosa? He goes, nah, man, it's for, I was like, okay, yeah, 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 I get it, I get it. But uh, that, that show was great. And then Thursday, dang, that was a full week of stand-up, yeah. Which is rare out here in the street. So Thursday we do, um, there's horseplay again. That's Khalil Dada's show, Khalil Walker. If you're on my Instagram, you should know. These shows are, like, packed out, so it's good. The lights are setting and stuff like that. And then, like, you know, I try to finesse, but my boy Stefan, he finessed it. And then Friday we just all headed to, to PD show to check that out. 
But it was dope. And then Saturday is a show called Full Circle. And man, this was like the, this is like deep in the parks of Brooklyn. And I don't, I don't, go, I go to Brooklyn, but I don't know where the f I am. So I'm like, how do you get to the show? We get there, and it's like 70 people laid out, like on a hill, just beautiful, just melanated people doing stage time, and they're just like, Jared, do 10 minutes. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna blow this light, but uh. <laughs> But it was good just being out there and just vibing with people. But sometimes you gotta tell people like, "Yo, where your where your freaking mask, dude? Like, dude, where your where the freak where your mask, man? I don't want to catch this." And then we lead to Herm Kane. Herman Kane died. He was the CEO of Godfather's Pizza. He died of the coronavirus. And you know, alleged people say he's seventy four years old. He said that. Uh, well, they said that he went to a Trump rally, and that's when he caught the virus. Not wearing his mask, not doing everything like that. And sometimes it's so simple. If there's a way to prevent death, effing do it. You know, I, 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 I wear two masks, you know what I mean? Two masks like I'm about to rob the place, you know? And the NBA season is back. How do I feel? I'm reading these emails. NBA, NBA season is back. It's cool, you know? I don't think that sports take away from the movement. You know, I don't think that. I think it's ironic how now, like, people who like sports are like, this shouldn't, shouldn't be political. Like, baseball players are like, kneeling and stuff like that. And I was like, I'm pretty sure these baseball players don't believe in what's going on. But, like, whatever. You got a brand. I get it. So baseball's back. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if football would be back. And I don't know if college football should be back because none of these college players get paid. You know what I mean? As a, excuse me. It's a billion-dollar business. These people are essential to the colleges. That's how they make money off the football players and the athletic. And most kids aren't going back to college now because of the virus. And if you keep these football players there and not pay them, that's effed up. So I don't even know if there'll be college football. I don't know how they can do college football because these kids are really, literally risking their life to play football. You're risking your life to catch a deadly disease, and there's no insurance for your health. So, like, you know, I don't know how you can put every college athlete inside a bubble like the NBA. And the NBA has a has a bubble system. Seems like it works. It's funny, this <laughs> basketball player Lou Williams from the Clippers left the bubble, and he got in trouble because he went to Magic City uh, to hang out with some strippers, Lemon Pepper Lou. And uh, that's, I think it's, it's the world is coming back to what it is. Uh, my predictions for the NBA, clearly I wrestle, but my predictions are, I, I think that the Rockets are going to beat the Clippers in the Western Finals, and then the Lakers are going to beat the Rockets and then the Lakers are going to win, and LeBron James wins his fourth ring, and he has maybe three more years if he can get his fifth. I think he just might end with five rings, and his last season he's going to play basketball with his son. His son's going to go to the NBA, and they're going to play together, and it's going to be the first ever father and son duo, and that's the end of the LeBron James story. And if I'm wrong, freaking take it to the bank if not. But, uh, yeah, it's cool. It's good seeing... NBA back. I didn't really have time to watch anything. I don't, I've been out and about. But I think sports are good, you know, effing. I think that, you know, these these are essential workers. You know, entertainment Entertainment is essential, but I think it was good that there was no entertainment for these events that happened. These Black Lives, the Black Lives Matter rallies needed to happen to put a draw attention on what the police are doing to people, to the black and brown community. So we need to do that. Uh, Emmys. Oh, freak. Yeah, the Emmys. Dang, shout out to Rami. I love that show, Rami. It's about uh, a Muslim dude from New Jersey. He's a stand-up comic. Uh, it's on Hulu about the, the daily struggles of growing up. It's like, oh, freak, forgive me. 
Happy Eidu Eidi Mubarak. Eidi Mubarak to our to our Islam family, to our Islamic family, to our Muslim community, Muslim community, excuse me. But this show is uh is about Rami, how he's going. And some of my friends are on that show, and it's really dope seeing them get nominated for Emmys. Freaking Tiger King got nominated. <laughs> Tiger King got nominated for an Emmy. That's amazing. And Dave Chappelle was nominated for the Emmy. But what I'm excited for is Eddie Murphy got nominated for an Emmy, man. Eddie Murphy. And I know he probably doesn't give an F, you know what I mean? But I don't know Eddie personally. But that's dope. They're acknowledging Eddie, you know? I like it when, like, people who put in a lot of work is finally getting that, that lap around the bases. You know what I mean? Celebrate these these kings while they're here. So Eddie Murphy got nominated for an Emmy. Which brings us to our, our final topic. It's not going to be that long today about our Ellen DeGeneres. Whew, if you don't know, Ellen DeGeneres is like in hot water. A lot of people are saying that she has a very toxic environment at her workplace on her show. And honestly, I probably, you probably, I've heard stories about how she's not, how it's not fun working for her. There's like a whole, <laughs> there's a whole YouTube video of her all like doing like mean stuff to her guests and how her guests are serving it back to her. But you got to think, Ellen is 60 something years old. Like she's a six year old woman. Like, you know, what what old person do you know is nice all the time? You know, and, and if you think about it, I've heard some stories about, I had a co- famous comedian tell me a story about Ellen. Oh, freak, should I say it? I'm not going to say all of it, but he said that, you know, she is, she only respects the people she respects. So she doesn't respect, it takes a while to gain her respect. Like when she's like with Eddie Murphy, she shows homage. Like when she's with Sinbad and like comics that she grew up with, she respects. But if like she doesn't respect your craft, then she'll like she'll roast you a little bit. She's a comic. She'll like f with you a little bit. Uh, it's funny how Ellen made a she made a thing apologizing, saying like she didn't know what was going on. But like this is your show, you know what's going on back there. Like you know, so the the reports are that she might give up her show to save her personal brand. I get that f the show. You know, it's been seventeen years, but she's done some good things as well. But my thing is sometimes when you're dealing with dis not disgruntled former employees, no one's going to say nice when you're a former employee. Once you have your better job and you've moved on, you're not going to say anything nice about the school. Uh, not that I'm thinking of my work. I'm thinking about like when, pe- when I work with people and then when they finally get a better job, they're just like, F that place. That place was this. That place was this. Because you don't say nothing nice about your former boss unless you left on a good note. One of my former bosses two years ago, oh, my gosh, she was like, Eveline, Wicked Witch of the West. And when I say witch, I just mean, like, she's, she, was, she was a witch. She, she was, like, very, she was like breaking, breaking people down, like, taking joy and, like, fussing people out and stuff like that. And she used to tell me, like, she wore heels so people can hear when she's coming so they have a chance to, like, fix things and do everything else. And uh, you can tell when someone doesn't like you. You know, she wasn't fond, she wasn't fond of me but she didn't hate me. Does that make sense? So she was like always effing, saying like little slick stuff to me like, oh, Jared, hi. Oh, everyone likes Jared. Uh-huh, Jared. And I was like, when you get those vibes from someone in leadership above you, especially wherever you work, you say you got to be like water. You know what I mean? You got to be needed, but you got to be not be too much of it. So what I did was I just, I faded back. And when I knew that she was getting fired, that's when I started serving her to her little. Like I didn't know, when she got fired, when people started singing, celebrate good times, come on. I didn't really feel like that, but people like celebrating, like high-fiving people and stuff like that, which is effed up. But 
when you're dealing with someone in authority that does not like you and has a position, you have to tread water. Really, you have to tread water because they're waiting for an opportunity for you to slip up. In wrestling, we call that the cow catcher, right? You're waiting for that cow to mess up and you catch it. So that's what it was. So she would say slick things to me like, oh, Jared, I didn't know it was Jean Friday. It's a Wednesday. I said, oh, I didn't know that you made the rules that you could wear jeans when you have to go out the building. Oh, she was like, oh, I did. I said, you did say that. And she's like, oh, wow, I'm glad you're not crying right now like some of your other colleagues. I'm like, crying, what? And then you just hear people, you see her, the, her, her secretary go, ooh, ooh, waters kids, serve it up. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember people like that, too, you got to be a, you have to you have to respectfully approach somebody when you do it. Like I caught one of my bosses in a lie one time about a raise that she promised me, right? She goes, somebody quit. She goes, Jared, now you're in you do this. I want you to take this position. You're gonna get the raise. And I was like, Oh yeah, thank you so much. And then when the raise came, the first thing I did was I asked her colleagues around, I asked her her leadership team. I was like, Hey, did you ever hear, did you ever get asked to lead this position? No, I didn't. I was like, okay. Do you remember when she said this? Yes, I did. I was like, all right, good. Then I asked her whole staff, and I was like, good. So I made sure I had five yeses before I went to her. And I was like, hey, I just want to let you know, like, um, you guaranteed me, like, this bonus that you offered me. And, uh, you know, I don't need it, but I'm saying you said that. And she goes, oh, I never said that. I asked such and such to take this position and she can attest to that i said that's funny i just asked her and she has no idea what you're talking about no i promise i told her and when she went to go email her and she's like i was like i already approached her and emailed her and i have it in writing that she said you did not say that and she goes oh and then she just admitted she, she was like well I, I you didn't come to these meetings so i thought you didn't want it i was like well you didn't tell me about the meetings you just told me i had it i didn't know there was a different you know, I followed up, and she's like, oh, oh, well, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry that you thought that. We were joking. I thought we just laughed about it. And I'm just like, you ski like you don't even know I'm a comedian. We didn't laugh about anything. So, like I say, be like water. So I caught her in a lie, and I was like, okay, no worries. No problem. And then she goes, let's move forward. Let's do it this way so you can get work towards it. I was like, all right. So as soon as we get to the staff party, she's drunk out of her mind. And I think a lot of people, leaders, what they do is, some people, they try to get you effed up to see what type of person you are and to get, like, dirt on you. So they're all getting effed up. She's smoking like a Marlboro Light, blowing it in my face, apologizing drunk. <gasps> I am so sorry. I really am. I know I said this. And I was like, yep, yep, I know you did. But sometimes you got you to gotta know. You got to pick your, you got to understand, do you want to win this small battle or do you want to win the war? The small battle, I'm like, yeah, I'm right, rubbing it in her face. Or the war was like, all right. I'll, I'll play the long game. I was like, yep, somebody's going to fall out. It's not going to be. Just like water, she left, and now she's super nice to me. And at the end, she said to me, I wish I would have spent time trying to get to know you than trying to understand you because I didn't get you. I didn't get why you wear this big cross on your neck. I don't get why you're so nice. I don't get why you're singing all the time. I don't get that. And I said, trying to understand me is the problem. Trying to get me is the problem instead of just getting to know me because if you got to know me, you would have known, like, I can give three Fs about <laughs> about this drama that you build up. I could care less. So I guess I tie that story into like Ellen. So if you don't like if you don't work with a course, everything you didn't like about her, you're gonna say she's mean, she's this. Uh, Some they say she's toxic. I was I probably believe it, yeah. But when you're working and you get money, you probably just like ah, it's, it ain't that bad. And then when you're done working, you're like you know what? Maybe it is that bad. So you know, prayers up to Ellen DeGeneres, man. Hopefully she can figure it out. Also, 
staying on this case, the the Epstein case about his girl Galena Maxwell, and it's crazy how they're just kind of exposing Bill Clinton, freak. Bill Clinton, he's either gonna, I don't want to be a conspiracy, but Bill Clinton is either going to, he's gonna put a hit out on this lady, or freaking, <sighs> I don't know. Bill Clinton was on a on a plane with like on. He's been to the villa like four times, and I wonder what was Bill Clinton doing out there on this island, Bill? What were you doing, Willie? This is William Clinton, right? Yeah, his real name is William Clinton. <sighs> We're monitoring this case. So moving forward. So Tuesday we got a, a special episode dropping with our friend Laura Tico. Laura Tico, I met her in Israel three years ago. I bumped into her in New York City, and uh, we talked about a lot uh, about her and her life. That'll be dropping Tuesday. I promise this week we will be dropping the One Tree Hill Review. We're on Season 1, Episode 7. I will be doing that as soon as possible. And then we'll be doing the Woody's Roundup like we always do. We're dropping it on Sundays or Saturdays, whatever it goes. Uh, like, subscribe uh, to the Instagram page, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we do have a website, and the website is up. Right now we took it off because most of the websites are based off comedy shows. And it's, since we're in Phase 4, Phase 5, we're going to start filling that up again. Uh, we want to say rest in peace to Carmen Rodriguez. Carmen Rodriguez uh, is my lady's friend, Cheese. I met him and and Alex's uh, aunt, I met him in Belize, and his mother just passed away, and uh, our prayers are up for him, we pray that, you know, him and his family and his sister can be comforted by God, you know, shout out to everyone who's, who lost a loved one this time, man, it just, it sucks, man, I feel bad for anyone that's lost a loved one, man, so if you got somebody, make sure you love, love them, love them while you can, love somebody, hug somebody, check in on your friends, check in on your friends, check in on your family, Make sure you say hello. Make sure you give your hug. And call your aunts, man. Call your great aunts. Call your aunts. Call your uncles. Call your cousins, your sister, and your friends. And say hello. Make sure you love them because this world is truly short. And you don't want to have any regrets. Uh, my name is Jared Waters. I'm signing out. I'll catch you next Tuesday. Same time, same place, same podcast. And shout out to your mother's new husband. Live on the podcast on One Man, One Tree, One Hill. Say what up to the people. This is when I see black excellence, man. It's Dave Chappelle, Michael Che, Lauren Michaels, Chris Rock, Eddie Murphy, all sitting at the table. I said, yo, Eddie, Mr. Murphy, I said, I just want to say, man, you the GOAT, man. And you the coldest nigga that ever walked the face of the earth. And then I said, and I said, uh-uh, and I'll be the next Jamar Neighbors. Yeah. And she was like, I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> gotta break that thing over she wants it private but they're not even together right now so we haven't spoken about anything but the cat for two months two months uh ladies and gentlemen thank you for listening to the podcast my name is jerry waters and i'll catch you next time like subscribe rate the podcast have a wonderful night wonderful day whatever you're listening to i'll see you soon